You're listening to Super Yacht Radio. Welcome to Super Yacht Radio. And welcome as we catch up with some of the leaders in our industry. I have the pleasure of being joined today by Dean Harrison, who was the ACRO Award winner for Yacht Chef on board a winning boat this year because not only uh, is Dean a winner, but the his boat, Motor Yacht Ariens, also won the Charter Yacht of the Year, as did your yachts do. That's right. So, Stew of the Dean, year. lovely Cook to have you year. here. Clean engine room of the year. I, so, I don't think they got all those in. <laughs> they should have a clean engine room. It's good to be here, guys. It's, uh, you know, what an honor, not only myself taking out an award, but yeah, the the other the other two awards that win is pretty pretty special. Indeed. It's going to be a great boat to charter on if you got the best chef, the best stew, and the best captain. A best wow. charter yacht. Uh, and best charter yacht. Well, I mean, it goes without yeah. saying. It it does, yeah. I mean, uh, it's it it is a great yacht. Like honestly, like it's what one of the best yachts I've worked on. We've we. Where Dean, Captain Dean, as you you talked to, I believe recently, indeed, mm-hmm. he's really like led the charge on this. Like, there's I got a crazy story about him kind of poaching me from another boat, um, and just like you know, handpicking all these crew. Like, it's really something that he prided himself on. So I, I it's you know, I don't. This is what, why we've become what we've become. So it's uh yeah, pretty special. And just so our listeners know, Dean, that you're saying this. Without any duration, you, you don't have the captain there overlooking this. There's no pressure on you. These are your own words spoken freely. Is that correct? Uh, correct, yes. I'll blink twice. I tap it out say, in Morse code on your, on um, your mic. <laughs> having had a, a catch up with um, your captain, Dean Plotty, it really resonated. Of You know, people talk about crew dynamics and the importance of them. But, you know, listening to his story and how you guys have worked together, um, it has you really have become kind of a shining example of the difference it can make when you have the right people who work together in the right way. The team. Yeah, the team, you know. So, Dean, can I take you back to, you know, what what started first, the, the desire to travel or the love of cooking? I mean, where did you begin in, in the Audi world? It wasn't quite conventional, I believe. No. So um, at the age of 15, I was given the opportunity to join a great chef at a really good restaurant back in Noosa on the Sunshine Coast, uh, Australia. And he basically said, he gave me the ultimatum of either finishing school. He goes, I want you to either 100% in school or 100% with me. And I absolutely hated school. I despised it. So I was like, I love cooking. Why not just put 100% in cooking? This guy is going to be my mentor. So basically, I just I took it on at the age of 15 years old, and it was you know one of the hardest things I've had to do to to date. You know, it's the Gordon Ramsay era where you'd get picked up by the throat and chucked outside and burnt with utensils and like pots thrown at you and stuff. So they're a really bunch chefs, aren't they? <laughs> they are. They are. But I've I've. I've been through that and I pride mm. myself on not treating someone like that anymore. It's something that I really will not do. I'll take a different approach. But yeah, I went through that. So no one else had to go through that, hopefully. Um, and yeah, anyway, so back on track. I completed my apprenticeship and then 
I thought there's there's more out there to be seen and went to Europe for two years and kind of backpacked my way around Europe, saw the big shiny yachts. Sure, it was actually Dilbar in Onti. Oh, wow. Yeah. 2000 and, um, 2009, I believe, or 10. And I saw this massive boat. I'm like, they've got to have chefs for ours. So we kind of, you know, did the dock walking thing stupidly at the age of 18 in our board shorts and, <laughs> you know, tank tops and shit. Like, just did, thinking did, that we're going did to you have your on. STCW or did you have any? No, no. Nothing at all. Complete, just a frying pan and a bag of rice and off you went. Genuinely, like, yelling from the dock in my the strongest Australian accent you could ever imagine, fresh from convict land, saying, <laughs> can I have a job? Like, it was so ridiculous. But anyway, so I, I came back to Australia and I actually got the, a job on um, dive boats in the Great Barrier Reef, which is like, you know, we cater for up to 40 people mm-hmm. at a time um, and we kind of cruise reef to reef doing doing diving and stuff. So that's where my love of of yachting really started, where I could I could cook and dive and and do all this really fun stuff. So that was kind of my foot into the door of yachting where it kind of gave me a start into super yachts because um, I had that, that sea experience. So. Um. I, I'm yeah. thinking, like the galley on that. Is it was it similar to a yacht? Was it? <laughs> dive boat? Well, no this way. is what I'm wondering because you know it, it's a it for me has to be one of the biggest challenges of, I mean, not just being a chef but being a yacht chef, where the galley is is nothing in size in comparison to a restaurant. So I'm wondering, as your starting ground, how the dive boat compared. Yeah, it was honestly like I'm glad I started on like something worse than what a super yacht is because I started at the bottom and I really appreciate the space and the fridges and the equipment that I have now. Um, but yeah, it was nothing like it. Like I was, I was working in bare feet, um, you know, just it was it was crazy. It was the equipment was run down. Um, the f- space I had was was not that much, um, and the equipment, yeah, just it just wasn't it wasn't ideal. Very lucky to be on a super yacht. But you, you, you don't go from dive boat to super yacht. I mean, the quality of, of uh, food, the expectation on a super yacht is as close to Michelin star as you'll get. Mm-hmm. Uh, did, did you, was this skills you learned at the restaurant or, you know, because it's quite a big leap from a dive boat to a super yacht? It is. I mean, the leap from my experience in fine dining restaurants before that, um, that really set the base that I have today and the, the experience that I have today. And I really grew from that, having that experience in those four year apprenticeship. Um, so, you know, even though I can jump from a luxury yacht to, you know, a, a boring restaurant on land, I still remember those skills that I learned from the, from the beginning. Um, it's not like you forget them, you know, you just need to apply them to each situation. Um, and I think that what, what, what makes me unique, you know, I'm not just specialized in Michelin food. I'll make a bolognese for the boss and he'll be, you know, completely happy with that or, you know, a steak or something like that. You know, I don't always need to cook top notch Michelin star food. Sometimes it can just be your comfort food or, you know, those, those dishes that are just sort of ordinary eating really. Do, do you, oh, yeah. do you do it to yourself? No, let me rephrase that. I came out yeah. something wrong. Do you, what I meant was, like, if you're at home uh, by yourself, would you put the time and effort into cooking, 
you know, a, a super yacht quality meal or do you just bang together some um, beans and mash or whatever? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, to put it simply, right, we spend 18 hours a day creating food that, you know, goes out and disappears in an instant. Like we love what we do, but when I'm away from that, I like to keep it simple. I like the basics, you know, like for me, I don't know, to have beans and rice and to have just a nice salad. That's something that I really appreciate the simplicity of it all. And, you know, I don't want to be spending my whole holiday off, you know, cooking food. So I do it. I do it enough. But what about like at the moment when we started off, you explained that you're you're off the boat at the moment um, in Mexico, and uh, um, how nice for you! <laughs> Saying that from cold Ireland, but oh, what, while you're there, do you, do you spend time thinking, okay, let, let's find out about Mexican food and maybe going to the villages? Or I'm thinking, you know, what I see on YouTube here. But uh, do you take the opportunity to learn a different culture's food or do you just go? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, sorry to cut you off there. Um, Yeah. I mean, basically, I I do choose my my holidays and my time off around the food that I want to want to learn and want to eat. So, I mean, Mexican food I love. So it's to immerse myself in the culture. But, you know, I went to the market yesterday and I was just like, you know, I was there for two hours just. Looking at, stuff. <laughs> looking at tortillas for an hour being made you know it's just yeah. something something i love to do and it's 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 in my blood so it's yeah it's i mean i always always immerse myself in the culture and and learn the food as much as i can eat as much as i can well and that sort of sounded like part of your supiot chef training was kind of the experience of being able to work in different parts of the world and kind of presumably kind of develop those skills as you're there at the time yeah cooking for everyone uh, yeah <laughs> um yeah i mean whenever i have time so i go you know see the locals and stuff like you know i was in fiji for a long time and you know went and made coconut cream with the locals from the coconuts like you know just just on shore there and stuff like that really things that you cannot you know put a price on do, do you want to know a fun fact dean yes please fun fact more people die from being hit on the head by coconuts every year than they do from, from shark attacks. Well, okay. Oh, Did you know that? That is a fun fact. I love sharks, so it's, yeah, I, I, I believe that. Sharks aren't oh. dangerous. Yeah, it's uh, all about, sorry, because it, it, I was in St. Vincent's, I think it was, and a coconut fell just to my toes, and I thought, wow, there's a coconut. And I wow. mentioned it to somebody actually a guy in Fiji, and uh, he, he gave me that fun fact, which I now shared with you and our listeners. It was a near-death experience, eh? I, I didn't realize it at the time, Dean, but yeah. Yeah, it was one of those, you know, kind of Rambo moments that, that we all face. Oh, yeah. And, and I looked into that coconut's furry face, and, and I, I didn't feel fear, because mm-hmm. I survived, and I walked away from that. Survivor. I'm a survivor, mate. And there's a song which we'll play afterwards that is all about that. But let's get back to you, because what do you think yeah. of my surviving? <laughs> so, Dean, you know, you, you've kind of now had uh, a number of experiences. You've been in Southeast Asia. You've also had some time in the meds, a uh, mm-hmm. bit of time in the Caribbean as well. You come from Oceania. Uh, you come, He's a Renaissance man, isn't he? It's certainly sounding that way. Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, for you on, on board, what are the kind of, because I personally think that yacht chefs are supremely mastered because I love watching cookery shows, but they have this massive space as well as now super yacht provisioning can provide so much, but presumably, you know, you kind of want to go a bit more local. So, you know, what have you, for you, some of the challenges, the kind of pros and the cons of your job versus, you know, chefs on, on land? Yeah, I mean, the obvious con is not having that, the resources at your disposal every day. You know, restaurants get a delivery every single day of fresh food, right? So, you know, you're on a yacht, you're sometimes in the middle of the Atlantic or the Pacific or in really remote areas where you just don't have access to all the provisions you need. So you're as a yacht chef, you adapt and you need to pre-prepare for up to a month at sea sometimes. And just to have that organization and skills to be able to give the guests what they want with minimal, um, I guess, provisions and access to all this kind of amazing food. It's, it's a really special talent that these yacht chefs have. Um, so I think that's like one of the biggest challenges is just like, you know, thinking that far ahead and making sure you have enough food and enough ingredients. And um, yeah, it's, it's pretty stressful. Well, and also, and I say this because we're a big family and even within our family, you know, one of us is gluten free. We have three vegetarians. We have one dedicated omnivore. <laughs> Um, just in, in a family surroundings, we have a number of different tastes. Um, mm. I extrapolate that on to, you know, that the food experience is such a major part of a charter experience for people as well. And additionally, you're also feeding them a whole crew. So, I mean, I presume your, your menu organization, presumably when the crew or when the guests are coming on, you know their likes and dislikes, but I guess it's got to be quite a, um, you've got to be quite flexible maybe in trying to manage to find things that suit all the different palates and the increasing number of food intolerances and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a juggling act that you are able to come up with on the spot. You know, you need to, you know, only so much information from the charter guests coming. And they'll give you a little bit, but, you know, they'll get there and it's completely opposite of what you thought it was or what the information you're being given. So it's, yeah, it's, a, it's sometimes it can be totally spun on its head. And, you know, just for example, the last charter, it was a lot of things they continually asked for wasn't something that they put in their preferences. So you're, you know, you're running out of food, you're running out of these things that they're, they're asking for and you really have to juggle that and make sure there's enough because it's, it's not their fault, it's your fault. It's going to fall back on you and it's going to, and as you said, the food's a massive part of the charter. It's like it can make or break. It can make them really miserable if they're not getting what they want and destroy the charter. So it's a lot of pressure on the chefs. Yeah, I would think internet and galley are the two most crucial things to a guest. Uh -huh. and, uh -huh. you know, first thing you see them doing getting on a boat is checking the internet. 100%. Before, that was in, before they get on the passer rail. Yeah, that was their two two requests was the internet and the chef. You know, they wanted to see those two prerequisites for this last charter and make sure it was fast enough and the chef was what they wanted um, because, you know, they love vegan food and vegetarian food and that's why. They, they loved what? 
vegetarian food? Of vegan. Vegan and vegetarian food, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm, I'm just I'm not a vegan person. And He's our qualified that, omnivore, no, just despite a, the rest of the house going it's vegetarian. Just when people say things like, that was a lovely vegan dish, I always double take because it in my head that's not possible but oh it, it, it is it is show. yeah i mean myself i'm i'm more vegetarian based and uh that's what i love to do and that's it's not it's just kind of kind of happened gradually working for vegetarians and it's uh yeah anyway yeah, no, I'm surrounded by them. I'm, I'm, my, all my <laughs> well, girls are vegetarian. And uh, the other thing is is food intolerances because they're major. You don't want to get them wrong if somebody's allergic to eggs. But mm -hmm. you know, having had friends who are lactose intolerant and gluten intolerant and chicken intolerant, uh, chicken and egg intolerant. <laughs> who the hell's chicken? Oh, really? Sorry, I laughed. Yeah, but yeah. chicken. Really? Yeah. yeah, truly. Um, very close friends of ours that. And this is I, not a range of people. This is like one person or a family. <laughs> it's not like a hundred different people of these different things. But I wow. would imagine equally, you know, you you must sometimes have people with intolerances that you have to find a whole nother way to cook because sometimes, and I say this, you know, from the experience of cooking gluten-free, it's taken some years to actually find things that really work and the right kind of flowers and stuff like that. So I, for those kind of particular ones, how do you manage around them? Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's, you know, we get all types of guests with all types of dietaries, like it continuously changes the guests. So you just got to adapt like, um, you know, to the keto diet or to the sugar-free diet or the, you know, all these different diets. And I feel like, you know, I've been doing this for 11 years and I feel like I have a broad range of, of, of experience in most of the dietary. So, you know, when these guys come along, I kind of have a little, little bit of a head start in what to do. And I think you just manage it in the best way that you know. Um, and, you know, we've got Google, we've got all these resources we can uh, tap into. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you ever had a Fallitarian on board? What was that? A Fallitarian? Can you... Can you explain that? Oh, it's, this is it's probably the one diet you haven't heard of. No, it's not a diet. It's it's people. It's like a vegan. It's it's somebody they'll only eat something if it's fallen to the ground, not even picked. It they wait for it to fall, and it's an actual. There are actual people who do just eat things that have fallen, but fulletarians. You're kidding. Yeah, I <laughs> like coconut. I don't joke about eating disorders, um, uh, but they, there is actually yeah the. the these people, they're, they're out there. So I just wondered if you'd had one on the boat. No, no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, Dean, you know, for Google you. Google that one. <laughs> um, what, what's your favorite? You know, if, if you just kind of possibly don't have charter guests on and you just, do you get some time in between to kind of try out new dishes on the crew and see how they like them and, uh, do you have kind of an open platter to go, a okay, signature we're, we're going to try a couple of things. And then presumably you've got some signature disc, um, dishes of yourself. Yeah. I mean, people always ask what, what is your signature dish? And it's, you know, most yacht chefs, you won't get a proper answer out of them because we, you know, we're so diversified and we, we need to be able to do every kind of cuisine and everything that these guys ask for. So, but for me, I guess being close to Australia, you know, I'm mean, sorry, close to Asia when, when I was in Australia, it's, um, 
something that's really influenced me. So I really have this kind of mix of Asian um, and then, yeah, Mediterranean cuisine as well. So, um, yeah, it's a good good mix. I I can't give you a dish, um, but I love pizza, so maybe that one. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing uh, one of these MasterChef competitions and the dish at the end for the finalists was a fried egg. You're kidding. Fried egg. And um, just everyone, fried egg? That's what people were going like, really? Fried egg? That's what you want me to cook? And this chef was saying it's one of the hardest things in the world is to do a fried egg properly. And well, they, um, that was one of the final dishes was a fried egg. They did tart it up a bit, but yeah. That was it. Well, that was it. there you go. I'd probably make a pizza and probably get eliminated. <laughs> or do as one guy did in, in that show we watched the other week, Chef, where he made a salad. Or oh, no, he made a cerveche. A cerveche. But since they were meant to be showing their cooking skills, mm. his three oh. judging chefs kind of went, yeah, yeah, it's nice, but you know what? Stop this would have had to be the best cerveche ever to be able to win on this. And it's <laughs> the best cerveche ever. That's pretty funny. Um, but it was kind of raw scallops. As it's was... a cooking show, uh, let's emphasize the word cooking. Cooking. <laughs> Cook something. Yeah. yeah, it didn't work out for me. And, um, you know, from, from, do you, I mean, do you get to go back to Australia very often? Um, when you do, I mean, did, did you did get you... abused? No. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I would say. imagine the amount of times that people like invite them around. And tell them to be there a little bit early. It's like, oh, you arrived early. You might as well help me in the kitchen. Wink, <laughs> wink. Do you get a lot of that thing going on? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just like, I mean, I used to get less holidays. You know, when I first started the industry, it's like 38 days standard holiday. And I'd, I'd come home to my mom and she's like, come on, cook your mother a meal. I was like, mom, <laughs> I literally have, I have 36 days now. I want to just do nothing, just chill. Um, so, but yeah, I do, I do, but I try to get home every couple of years, but you know, this whole COVID situation, it's, uh, you know, $10,000 one way flights to Australia and quarantine and all this stuff. So it's just not possible. You have to pay for your own quarantine as well. Which is like $3,000. It was some couple in Chile. They got caught down there and it cost them something like 120,000 US Australian dollars to get from Chile back home. Oh, that was coming into the first lockdown as Australia was locking down for the first time. Actually, they could have got a charter boat from there. and It would have been much nicer. <laughs> True. True. Yeah. So, so um, moving back to... to what's the, been the biggest disaster in your career? <laughs> well, Before well, we get on to well, your award. Oh, when is the time that you've had guests and it just went horribly, horribly wrong? I have I have one moment that haunts me forever. <laughs> Great. <laughs> right. Yeah, you like these stories? Okay. <laughs> yeah, this is the real Dean Harrison. Or shall we right. use a different name just to give you anonymity? Yeah. This is um, with us. <laughs> um okay, so I was creating this dish. I was like I've always been quite experimental, but I was creating this dish. It was called the mozzarella balloon. So you know like a mozzarella ball, like the mm-hmm. white mozzarella. Um Basically, it was this like modernist cuisine um, technique that you could stretch out this mozzarella, you, you warm it up, and you can make it into like a really pliable um, 
piece of cheese and basically you can fill it you can fill it like a balloon like it actually fills up like a balloon with a um like a a canister which expands this thing anyway it's very difficult to do especially for i had eight guests to do at the same time and what (laughs) can i ask what are you filling it with I was filling it with, it was like a, a take on caprese salad, um, like a tomato mozzarella salad. So I was filling it with like a tomato, um, a tomato air or like a spuma, it's called. Okay. Um, so that was going to be the kind of star of the, the, the dish. Anyway, these things are so hard to do. And I think I managed to get like three or four done. And then I just couldn't do it. They just kept popping and destroying. And anyway, I went out to the table. I was working for Australian guests at the time. So very cool, awesome boss, like someone very approachable. I walked out and said, it was a girl's trip actually, so they were pretty drunk, so it was good. And I said, <laughs> sorry, but I screwed up the the entree. And they're like, oh my God, I didn't even notice. I, didn't even I was like, really? Okay. But it just haunts me forever because I just didn't, this is something I just couldn't achieve and it really destroyed me. But I mean, And did you I'm ever like, try it again when you had no pressure on you to see if you could get it to work? Uh, it's it's still too fresh ten years later. So. <laughs> the, the, still a bit too tender. There's an old oh. adage that my first boss shared with me, which was, "In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king." And if they hadn't seen it before, all you gotta say is, "And now the burst balloon entree." <laughs> <laughs> no, a hundred percent. Like that's what I that's what I say. Like that that boat I worked on, they never had menus. They trusted me for three years to do something different every single day. And I never gave them a menu. So some things that didn't work quite well, I would just like, <laughs> just bullshit. So I, I can see don't... them in the Eden Rock Hotel complaining to the chef for presenting this, this mozzarella thing. It's meant to be ripped apart and splattered all over the plate. You have it in a bowl, but I don't understand. Yeah. I'm sure not. But can I just say, what great training to, you know, in some ways just constantly come up with new ideas and new things to do and not necessarily have the restraints that you would have if you were working in a restaurant or indeed on charter because you know you've got to have your mm. menus prepared who's your go-to celebrity chef you know when you're sitting down youtubing um who would you kind of go oh wonder what he's done today we we all have fun i mean gordon ramsay just makes me laugh i know he's a dickhead but Oh, he's, he's a great funny. dickhead, though. <laughs> he's a great dickhead, though. It's these poor people that just... Um, he actually was here in Mexico, where I am right now, and I, I, I missed missed actually approaching him. But, um, yeah, he just cracks me up. He's just... <laughs> uh, yeah, I do like him, actually, as, as a personality. I believe he's a lovely guy. He's, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not that big of a fan of his like food as such. No, like, nor I'm, am I. I. I don't turn to him and go, oh, what's Gordon Ramsay cooking? Because he's, he's for the majority. <laughs> It's for the at, the at the home, you know, home cookery and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but I've I've got a bunch of people. Like I mean, Instagram's become such a such a, a inspirational place for chefs that can just even small chefs that aren't famous, that aren't celebrity chefs. They're doing some amazing food. So I have a list of of people that I follow. I constantly see their, um, you know, the stuff they're creating. And I I get inspiration from that. And for those, you know, kind of younger coming up, they're looking at, I mean, in some ways, being a yacht chef, you don't get quite the same apprentice time in the kitchen with another yacht chef. So you kind of jump in a little bit to the deep end. 
So mm -hmm. if you were kind of giving some advice to younger aspiring yacht chefs, what would your advice be to them? <laughs> Learn engineering. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, I mean, I get asked this a lot. Like I get contacted a lot, obviously asking what the best way to get in the industry, what I need mm. to do. For me, you need to really set that good base, that good apprenticeship to have um, that that knowledge of, of creating everything you can with the basic um, chef skills that you need. You know, people want to go straight from nothing to on a yacht. I'm like, it's, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be pretty. You're going to get destroyed. You're going to hate it um, because it's not an apprenticeship. We're not, we're not there to teach you all the time. Sure. Like I'm a head chef on, on Arians. So I've got a sous chef, but he's capable. If I walk out of the galley, he can handle himself. He's, he's really like, you know, can look after the galley if I really need to take off. So if I did that to a guy that's fresh from the street, he's going he's gonna to sink and badly. So I really tell the chefs to get that base experience in restaurants, get put under pressure, you know, get a little bit of abuse, not too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just keep your ego in check. <laughs> exactly. No, it's good it's because you don't, you don't come on and you're not going to uh, get upset when the chef gets a little bit annoyed with you for doing something wrong and but yeah, it's it's you really get that experience at least four years, at least. And I presume as well the uh, the other part of it where you are kind of somewhat blessed on Arians is being able to work really well, particularly with the interior crew, mm -hmm. because there's got to be a, a symmetry between you know the the girls and guys serving and working around you to you being able to get it to the table just as, as you see it. Yeah. I mean, for me, that's, I've learned over the years, it's, there's no point in fighting with the interiors, like the stewardesses and, you know, you need to work together and it's a team effort to get the food hot to the table. And the, the end goal was to make the clients happy. So, you know, there's no use being a dickhead and for the, the girls to be afraid to come into the galley, you know, I'm very welcoming I like to have that bond. I teach the girls, you know, some things that they want to learn so they understand the process of stuff. Um, and, you know, that and the end goal is to make the client happy. There's no point in, like, butting heads all the time. So, Could I ask, when dealing with the interior crew, um, they do a phenomenal, you know, the, the artistry in laying the table uh, is, it's got to complement the, the plating of the food um, you know, at, the, at the level that you, you operate. Is there, do you, do you discuss this with, with the chiefs too? This is the dish I'm doing. You know, here's some ideas for the table or this is what we're thinking of doing with the table. Will it work with the food? Is there any kind of consultation between the two of you or do they just lay a table and, and you plate the food and it just works that way? Yeah, I mean, sometimes if we have like, you know, theme nights and stuff like that, say Italian or Hawaiian and stuff like that, we will, you know, work together real closely and make sure it all matches up. But, um, you know, generally the girls will do really nice stuff that can complement whatever I do. So it's, it, is a, it is a bit of a team effort there to communicate and to make sure it, you know, is not too crazily different from what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, these girls create some some incredible stuff. It's like, yeah, it, it is amazing. I wish they got more exposure with the, the stuff that they do as well. You know? Yeah, because some of those table settings are just mind-blowing. I mean, there's, there's real artistry goes on there. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
Incredible. Art of origami. There's one for Ono, the Egg Fruit Table Laying Award. Well, yeah. That's yeah. I laid a table. <laughs> that's <laughs> On just whole other level. wrong. Okay, we'll edit that bit out, that's for sure. <laughs> what about loiterers, Dean? I'm asking all these questions because this is something I do. I'm a loiterer. So, uh, well, I used to put on the, the VSAT systems and the comms. And sometimes, you know, you might have to wait for the engineer to drill a hole through the bulkhead or something, or uh, you're waiting for something. And I would loiter in the kitchen because I'd like to, I like observing, oh. you know, it's like getting a, a live demo. Uh, does yeah. that bother you? You know, people loitering in the, in, in the, in the galley. So it does and it doesn't. So the last kind of like 30 minutes of pre plating up food, right? Yeah, it's intense kind of time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, we I I have some crew. Um, I don't know, you know Jared Watney? Oh Jared yeah, Heath. yeah, I know yeah. Jared. So when he was working on Aryans, unfortunately he had to leave because he, he hurt his back. Um but anyway, he would be the serial loiterer that would just <laughs> and he would come in on deck like uh, just as I'm doing service, because you know, lunch was coming up or dinner, and he'd just start asking questions and stuff. I'm like, Jared, bro, not the right time, I'm busy. Uh, <laughs> that, that would be me. What's that green yeah. thing on there? Oh, okay. Anyway, so we would have would have this joke in the end. He'd just come in and he'd just like piss me off because he knew it was like the time that I need to concentrate. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we just give each other shit about that. Oh, I'm sorry to hear he, he heard us back. See, he, he took a, a break and then came back to um, Ariane, didn't he? Yeah, I, th I believe it was a little break. He his he back was pretty bad. Based for a while. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean, eventually he was always going to move into what he's doing now, which is mm -hmm. focusing on, you know, filming yachts and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, the back just kind of ended it a little bit early, but is what it is. Well, hopefully he'll be back on his feet soon. No pun intended. Yeah. Well, kind of. <laughs> um, moving back to the uh, award, was this, you know, something that you hadn't really thought of? Or did people kind of go, you know, put your name in the hat? Um, was it and and was it fun to actually get nominated and get that far ahead? Because there's a lot of competition on the Super Yacht Chef yeah. side, to be honest. Even you know, even just following some well, on even, Instagram, uh, even at decent trade shows, you'll always have like the cook-off yeah. as one of the highlights of the show. I remember, and on TV, not on TV, in um, where did the charter show in in, the, in Antigua? Antigua. Uh, they do a great chef's competition there. Uh -huh. Yeah. I've forgotten what the question um, you asked him was. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, originally I actually got nominated for the first for the first year that they ran. And, you know, a little bit embarrassed, but I didn't really take it that seriously because I'm like, how can you tell that the best yacht chef in the industry and I don't even have to chop an onion, you know? And this was my, my theory. Like it's – so – I like to think myself as a bit of a mentor and, you know, to help these guys because I get a lot of people turn to me because obviously my, my handle is the Yacht Chef. So when people look up Yacht Chef, that's kind of one of the first ones that look that come up. So I get a lot of messages and people saying, what do I need to do? Can you help me? And I'm always there to help. I'm, I like, it's a little bit overwhelming at times, but I, I answer most of my messages. And I think that's the best way you can judge it is that, okay, so we don't have to chop an onion. We don't have to cook food, but, you are showing that you're mentoring the future of yacht chefs and you are creating a better industry than what it was 
And that's what I think I pride myself on. I want it to be better. I want it to be better than yesterday, you know? So, and I think that's what it was kind of judged on. I want to believe. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's my was theory. It wasn't based necessarily on, on your cooking prowess, but you as a, a yacht chef and what you feed back as, for. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that actually, because I'm now going to elevate you into my speed dial <laughs> on my phone. So I'm stuck in the kitchen. So we can loiter you well, from no, far. You, no, you got that sauce that just isn't happening. Now I got a speed dial number. Dean, what do I do? Well, uh, it, yeah, can I just say that the mentorship is lovely to hear because it definitely seems to be part of the ethos of the boat. I know, mm. you know, your captain Dean is um, a very strong contender and has put himself forward to being a mentor as well. And that was very much his feeling when handpicking all of the crew was that, you know, that way of working together and, and helping guide each other as you go along. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, it's, it's really, you know, the past two years working on Arians has um, kind of molded me as well in that sense. I've kind of taken a bit from Captain Dean and, um, you know, pride myself on that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been a pretty special um, part of my yachting career is being on Arians and, and leading the way on, on how we, show ourselves in the industry and how, how we want to be different to, you know, some other yachts that aren't, aren't so nice to work on. You hear some, some awful stories. Yes. So <clears throat> how do you top this Dean? I mean, long-term vision. Um, are you absolutely doing what you want? You're obviously doing what you want to do right now, but do you have like dreams further down to have your own restaurant or actually this way of working suits who you are perfectly. So this kind of fits you right now and long-term. You know, I've got, um, you know, several projects in the, in the, on the horizon at the moment that, that have to do with yachting and yacht chef. And I really hope they come to fruition because they're going to be great for the, for the industry. And, um, you know, I'm always working on these little projects with other people like, uh, you know, Jared Watney with his, uh, with our crew library that we have with all the information from every single department um, and my own website and all this other stuff. But long-term I, you know, anything could happen. It's, it's just, yeah, it's, there's so many, there's so many things, so many offers coming about that. It's just hard to really nail down one thing that I want to do right now. So watch this space, but it sounds watch like it's space, a yeah. good space to I'm be excited. in right now. Uh-huh. And great yeah. to have that, you know, that influence. I, I have particularly noticed over the past five years, the kind of um, huge development, even though we all knew about it, but there's just between the platforms on social media and everything else, it, I think it has kind of raised the bar a lot more as well because you're able to share um some of the beautiful dishes that are being created on a regular basis where, uh, and being able to see them makes being able to taste them would be even better, but it certainly makes it more a reality. Um, and I think that that has really kind of raised the standard in the bar as well as, you know, there are competing chefs and it's great because it gives a whole nother industry standard as well. Yeah. I mean, for me, I've, you know, I started Instagram early and that's why I've got the following that I have now. But 
I've seen the the switch in chefs, you know, not wanting to share stuff to now we have a community where we're constantly like sharing recipes and helping each other. And we have access to, to, you know, talk to, to, to each other now before it wasn't really possible. So, and even, you know, the guests, um, you know, last charter guests, they started following me before they came on charter and saw the food that I was prepping for them. And they're like, Oh my God, we're having this, this for dinner tonight. I was like, how do you know that? That's a bit intimidating, isn't it? (laughs) It is, but I like it. I like to see, I like for them to see how hard and how much effort we put in and we, you know, it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it's good. Yeah. And it, it also means that, you know, they, they have expectations coming in and they get to kind of pre-choose and, and know what they're coming into it. Kind of the anticipation is I can't wait for the charter and oh my God, the food looks delicious. Maybe I can Instagram dinner to the girls. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think we're going to get that many followers. <laughs> uh, just to our daughters. We've got, we got four daughters. Okay. Um, try that. I'll set up an Instagram page just for them. Daddy's yep. cooking this. Get, it, get them excited. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say that's going to happen. <laughs> except for a late dinner. <laughs> well, um, Dean, it has been an absolute, absolute pleasure to have you here today. Thank you for joining us. And, yeah, thank you uh, the very best of luck to you. I, I know you have now a little bit of time off to enjoy, so um, I'm sure you'll make the most of that. We're not going to do the cooking demo on radio then, do we? No, we're not going to put you yeah. to the cooking demo on, on radio, but we might, you know, come back to you. It doesn't think, really translate uh, on radio, does it? It doesn't, but, <laughs> no, you know, I'm, I'm surprised actually no one's yet come up with the virtual um, chef contest, you know, since you've got... No, it has. It's oh, they, oh, it has happened. Yeah, we just didn't get invited. I didn't get to see <laughs> that one. Were you part of it? Um, I, I, I pulled out from it because I just, I think I was on charter maybe, but they, they did it. Um, bit of a weird one because you know no one gets to taste the food. So what's it's, the uh, point? Exactly. Well, I guess you, it could be wax. But then you're looking fruit. at uh, presumably then you're looking at technique and presentation and idea of yeah, what you still it want is. people to take because you see them tasting it and then you can see their facial expressions yeah it was it was a little bit biased i think they got the stewardesses to taste it and i would have uh, held a gun to my my chief stewardess's head and said you better say it's good you know yeah she's gonna be <laughs> otherwise she'd be picking things out of her food for the next two <laughs> no wouldn't do that no of but course yeah. not team of course not. i <laughs> So um, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure to have you. We have been chatting with Dean Harrison, who is the uh, Yacht Chef Award winner for Mm -hmm. A-Crew 2020, as well as uh, on the winning charter for Modi Yacht Ariens. Ariens is kind of of a celebrity boat from the crew's perspective. Uh, I was going to say, and also on Instagram, you are hashtag the Yacht Chef. That's it at the yacht chef. Fantastic. Well, Amazing. to know. I, I I shall be following you. I have to set up an account first, won't I? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been Amazing. great to talk with you. Thank you so much, Dean, and uh, thank you for taking time off your your um, uh, time in in Mexico. My, my time off. My time. Um, yeah. My, <laughs> thanks, guys. I'll have a margarita for you. I, I was trying to say it with, but the envy actually was starting to make my tongue swell up. Um, so, 
enjoyed uh, my suntan and uh, congratulations well done for for winning the award well deserved thanks guys appreciate it okay you've been listening to super yacht radio as we meet and greet and interview uh, the winners of the a crew crew awards for last year that was dean harrison the uh, chef on board motor yacht Ireland. stick with us more coming up later you're listening to super yacht radio, radio.